Micha on The Voice of the Cape. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa and indeed a warm welcome and Jumma Mubarak to each and every one of our listeners. Your frequency 91.3 FM and audio streaming at www.vocfm.co.za as is this on our Siha program. And indeed, Sheikh um, Anwar Adamson once again in Syria with us and Sheikh is the um, assistant imam at the Masjid uh, Mansur in Mount View, alhamdulillah. So as uh, you know, Sheikh is no stranger to the airwaves of the Voice of the Cape and since the age of, you know, a very young age of 10 years old, Sheikh was already very interested in wanting to know more about the deen, subhanAllah. And he later completed his khifs at the tender age of 15. While he was doing his khifs, he taught others how to recite the Quran, subhanAllah. And at the age of 16, leaving Cape Town and embarking on studies in Cairo, where he studied Arabic grammar and um, mythology, he also obtained a sanad, that is an ijazah, licensed to teach with a, a chain of leaders, li, uh, readers, leading up to the Prophet, وسلم, in the recitation of Hafs and Asim, and in 2004, he was accepted to study in the University of Medina, where he graduated with a BA honors from the Faculty of Hadith, mashallah. So once again, a warm welcome, Sheikh, and assalamu alaikum to you. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa and respected listener of the voice of the Cape. I am shocked and astonished, to be honest. I'm listening to the introduction. I'm thinking, where did Auntie Aisha find this information? It's, it's personal. Yes, indeed. You know, um, we're speaking about humility today, and it truly humbles us, you know, as listeners, to be able to, um, you know, uh, have some wise words from a person such as yourself. Young, and you know, we know where you come from, what you have achieved thus far, and we always know the more you think you, you know, the less you know, subhanAllah. And that is, you know, not just for yourself as a learned person, but for us who know even less, subhanAllah. So Allah grant us that understanding and, you know, to, to really appreciate what we have. Because um, if I say appreciate what we have, subhanAllah, we have the likes of, you know, just losing um, one of the eminent, um, you know, Sheikh Ankaris of the Western Cape, one who went and represented South Africa internationally. Always, subhanAllah, we've heard the tribute this morning by Sheikh Ismail Lant, and it can bring us to tears because it's a loss that we are all facing today, subhanAllah. Yes, bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salam ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahabi jma'in. رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته. as Antiaisha has rightfully mentioned today is one a loss for Cape Town. we've lost you know the likes of Sheikh Ihsan Talib Talib as we know him. and Subhanallah we ask Allah Subhanahu wa Taala to grant him a high place in Jannah. we ask Allah Subhanahu wa Taala to make the Quran that he has dearly loved and he is well known. For loving the Quran and his recitations all over Cape Town and even internationally. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah makes him of the Ahlul Quran, and that the Quran will be an intercessor for him in his grave and answer and be a means of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala raising his status in, in Jannah. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the same breath that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put, put sabr, patience, perseverance in the hearts of his wife, his family, his children, and all his peers. You know, it is it is a indeed a loss. You know, and subhanAllah it has happened so so soon and so sudden. We've just heard the Sheikh has been admitted to hospital we're making dua and subhanAllah the saddest thing is that <laughs> we heard last that we get the news the Sheikh has passed away and Alhamdulillah it was a good death, he's passed away later to Jumu'ah. And I think many of us are still in shock to think that you know, many times the reality is when we hear someone passes away we ask, Was he sick? was the car accident subhanallah apparently the sheikh has only picked up a bug and 
this is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's world and within two weeks we, we've lost you know, a person of Quran. It's, it is time for us to reflect and ponder. It could be so easily as being any one of us. Subhanallah. You know, it could have been any one of us. Any one of us could have just picked up, you know, even our hujjaj, may Allah protect him on the way. You know, wherever we are traveling, we take the precautions and, you know, it's, 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 still, it's still very fresh and to think that just maybe you've seen the person heard him recite and now subhanallah we ask Allah subhanahu to make it easy for, for, for everybody and this is the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that and, and it's signs of qiyamah Allah says that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will remove knowledge from this earth and how does Allah remove knowledge? by removing the ulama and ya Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has taken away you know, a young sheikh sheikh Hassan we know sheikh Abdul Rashid Brown so young age we know sheikh Siraj Wallenberg and, and, and the likes of them you know at, at young ages people of the Quran and this is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we need to remember that this is a good death Allah subhanahu wa decreed as Passover and Jumu'ah and if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to meet a person Allah hastens his death towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so yes we will be sad as the Prophet says that the, the eye will tear and the, the heart will be saddened but we will not say and utter words other than the words that will be satisfaction to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so yes we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on this blessed day of Jumu'ah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make his grave one of the gardens of paradise Ameen. and may this be a lesson for us and subhanallah you, we can be jealous of the Sheikh to be honest with you because the Sheikh has made um Sadaqatul Jariah. Subhanahu wa You know, he's left behind a legacy of, of Hufad. He's left behind a legacy of, of people enjoying his recitation. We'll always remember the Sheikh. Sheikh Hassan Talib will always be known. And this is, as some poet has mentioned, Dhikrul Insan Ba'da Mawti Hayatun Thaniya, that remembering a person after he's passed away, remembering with good, is like a second life. And this is something that we're not going to forget easily. When we hear the Quran, when we hear his students, when we make dua, we go to Khatam al-Quran, we, do all, we are going to miss him and we are going to make dua for him. So, Alhamdulillah, he has made an investment for the Akhirah. He's left behind a legacy as the Hadith says, three things will not cease to exist and one of that, ilmun yuntafa' bihi. Knowledge that a person leaves behind and people benefit from it. SubhanAllah, can you imagine how many students I will be reciting and every half that they read will go to Sheikh Hassan. Allah Akbar. You know, it's, it's encouragement for us to teach our children and educate them to recite the Quran, to become half of the Quran. You know, the parents of Sheikh Hassan can also be happy. So they've, left, they've, 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 they've given to Allah a son, subhanAllah, that was in the servitude of the Quran in this ummah. Allah Akbar. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all, you know, beautiful lives and beautiful deaths that they will live. And as I've said, we ask Allah to make it easy, inshaAllah ta'ala. And as we know, haqqul muslim ala al-muslim sit that the rights of one Muslim over another Muslim are six. وَعِيَادَةُ is To visit him when he is sick. And Alhamdulillah, we've responded. we visited the Shaykh. Those who have visited Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, reward him greatly. And now the next right that he, Shaykh Hassan, rahimahullah, may Allah have mercy on him, has over us. وَإِذَا مَاتَ فَاتَّبِعْهُ When he passes away, we should follow his janaz, inshaAllah ta'ala. Amen, amen, inshallah. Um, Shaykh, you know, you're mentioning the visiting of the sick as well. And, you know, I know that we speak about, um, you know, humbleness, humility today. That is the topic that you want to discuss. And, and we're speaking about, you know, visiting the sick. How humble one should be because we know that you never know if that person is going to be cured or if Allah is going to take that person away. We've seen it now, subhanAllah. And, you know, one always wants to know that if you visit the sick, what is the message you convey to the mm. next person? Is it explaining, you know, the physical appearance of that person? Or is it to say, you know, I've been there, um, you know, mashallah, but 
the request is to make dua for that person mm. in, instead. Yes, of course, there are adab and etiquettes anti-Aisha and respect, respected listeners of the Voice of the Cape. How do we visit the sick? At times, it is not advisable for us to sit long you know, at the sick. Certain individuals are different. Certain people's situations and scenarios are different. Sometimes they do not want us to sit long. They want to be by themselves. They are in pain. They do not want us to see them in this manner. Mm-hmm. And as Aisha has mentioned, when we do seek and we want to repost, let us post the positive things. And let us not post, you know, the sheikh has looked so ill and he's looked so, dis- you know, or the person has looked, no, always have the positive things. And when we do visit the sick, we try and, and, and go quick and always give the hopes of Allah subhanahu wa mm-hmm. ta'ala to that person. Remind that person of the, to have high hopes in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the visiting of the sick is, is a very quick procedure. You know, there's dua the Prophet alayhi salatu wasalam has taught us. But the etiquette that we should adhere is that we shouldn't make a, a party of it, if, if for lack of a better word, that we go, we have coffee, we have a meal, and we sit long in the people's home. It is uncomfortable. Sometimes the wife, you know, she wants to rest, she wants to tend to her husband, and then we are continuously frequenting the house. Let us go in, visit the, the mere fact that we come there and he sees our face, brings joy to him, and that is enough. That is enough, alhamdulillah. As we know, the person who is sick is closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we also come there to request the du'as from this person. And also to bring that idkhal surur, that joy to this person's life to think, subhanallah, there are people that, that thinks about me and, and they make dua for me. And also in the same time to recognize the favors of Allah upon ourselves. We do not recognize the favors. Auntie Aisha, many of us, we do not, subhanallah, Allah grant us to recognize these favors. Mm-hmm. And we do not recognize until we find a person in a lower position than us. We do not know what health is, wallahi, we do not know what health is until we visit a person that is terminally ill. Or a person who can no longer l- use certain limbs or is bedridden. Now we are subhanallah, you know, I might have all the money in this world, but this person might also have the money, but even that money cannot even buy his health. So how fortunate are we? So these are the reasons why we visit the sick. When we visit to reiterate, let us be very quick. Let us try and, 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 and bring um, difficulty upon the family. Visit and we make dua and we give the positive words. It, you know, sometimes we visit the sick and we speak about rugby. Yes. And we speak about soccer. And we speak about all these things. I mean, that's not the time for that now. Inshallah, when Allah cures me, he can catch up with the rugby. But for now, he needs to realize that he's close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the c- classical example, Shaykh Hassan, who of us could have predicted, subhanahu that he's take, he would be taking a, you know, a, a turn for the worse. None of us could have predicted. It was only a simple thing in the beginning. But subhanallah, Allah grant him Jannah and grant us, inshallah, to continuously remember the Sheikh and make us appreciate our families, our mm-hmm. wives, our children, our parents, you know, our friends, our peers, people around us. Because, wallahi, life has become such... That tomorrow we might not be there. You know, just I've read an a, a, a article yesterday, I, and, and, and it's going to happen to anybody. A, a driving examiner has left with a learner for his license. Imagine, you send your child, you're excited, he's going to pass out his license today. Never to return. Subhanallah. So it's time that we take stock of ourselves. You know, we have a good culture and custom in Cape Town. We, we, the Hujaj especially, they go and greet. It's a beautiful culture. I think we should carry on with this culture. Amen. But we should also learn for those who are not going for Hajj, that we should also have man up. Let us not wait for Hajj to ask Maaf. You know, go and knock on a brother that you've offended and ask Maaf. I think the time is right now. Let us learn something from the, the passing away of Sheikh Hassan, that anything can happen. 
we are might plan I'm going to ask that man that I have a grudge with ask him off later when I go for Hajj inshallah when I get a credit whatever the case might be do that now you might not live and subhanallah it's not worth it Auntie Aisha and listen of verse to live in animosity and, and harsh and difficulty with people the time for that is long gone you know the Ummah of Islam right over the globe we find they are burning in turmoil like chaos may Allah subhanahu wa make it easy and yet mm-hmm. we find ourselves as such a beautiful community in Cape Town well why travel the world you see how lucky we are this is, it is like this Cape Town or South Africa is like an Islamic state you go anywhere in the world you don't find halal restaurant at your disposal we have, we have this blessing our women can wear hijab our, we can make salah and open our men can wear beards we can do all these favors of Allah let us at least you know unite on this inshallah you know put away our petty differences and our little things that we are differing about and globally for the sake of the ummah unite inshallah ta'ala amen, and, amen. And, and let go of this you know unnecessary things because wallah i might be speaking to Aisha now you know and tomorrow yeah something has happened and i'm no longer there so we should really go to that person and, and just ask maaf, you know. And if you even feel that, you know, I have the pride, at least start with something, start greeting the person. If you can't ask maaf, there's another way the Prophet says that one of the rights are that when you, when a Muslim, when you see him, you must greet him. So at least try, you don't want to speak to him, whatever the case might be, just start greeting him, inshallah. So shaitan do not come, and shaitan loves to come between brothers, so that he doesn't come between brother and sister, sister and sister, brother and brother, because he loves to thrive on this way, he's chaos between start greeting shaitan can't put the idea in a person's mind it's not out it quite so when you greet be the big bigger person for the sake of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala indeed you know spreading the the, the mercy of allah upon others and um, i love when um Malana, um hasim kasi mentioned mm. last week that if you know that brother has a difference with you go to juma and go sit next to him when you go for your salah go sit next to him because you must you you know you will extend your hands subhanallah and yes indeed to our listeners you know um, we're speaking about um, humbleness this morning, and I'm listening um, to Sheikh um, this morning and uh, speaking with great humility, addressing us, Subhanallah, Sheikh Anwar Adamson. Friday Nasikha on the Voice of the Cape. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And Jumma Mubarak on this beautiful Friday. Indeed, it's a Mubarak Friday, I must admit. And we're speaking about, you know, humility, humbleness. And in studio, we have the assistant imam of Masjid Mansur in Mount View, and that is Sheikh Anwar Adamson, um, speaking with humility this morning, addressing us, you know, in the best of ways, subhanAllah. That, in essence, itself is humbleness, subhanAllah. But how do we humble ourselves in front of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala? Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa man wala. Yes, Auntie Aisha, and respect the listeners of the voice of the Cape. They are certain, you know, we have humility and humbleness with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then we have humility amongst human, uh, human beings, yes. among mankind. So there are two aspects here. How do we humble ourselves to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is very simple by obeying the laws of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and being humble towards mankind and showing humility towards mankind with our peers, our wives, our family, you know, people that we cohabit with, coexist with, you know, you, anybody for that matter, it um, beautifies the humility that we have towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it is interlinked. There are extricably linked that when you have humility towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala obviously we will have humility towards 
human beings. So sometimes we find a person, mashallah, is making salah and he gives all these things, mashallah, humble towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but perhaps has a kind of a roughness and he's not that humble with his, human, with his fellow human beings. You know, it is easy to be humble towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because it is between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is your, Allah's right over you. But when regards to the human beings, it is easy for us to always have a, a sense, subhanallah, may Allah save us, a sense of pride, a sense of that feeling that I am better than this person. And where does humility stem from? You know, sometimes we, we are very... Um, we look at appearances and that's the reality that if I had to ask a, someone, what do you think someone is humble? If I ask a person, who do you think is humble? We think the person that has maybe tattered clothing or perhaps he, he dresses a certain way, he doesn't wear flashy clothing. If, if Allah, I'll just use an example now, it's an example. If we had to look at the Imam of the Haram and you know, the way he dresses, mashallah, you know, his clothing is about, it automatically, just an example, please, uh, we automatically associate that he's not a humble person because he dresses a certain way. But that is not what humility is all about. Rasulullah says in the hadith, there's encouragement for all of us. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given a person a blessing, Allah loves to see that blessing on a person. So when a person has a Rolex watch, or he wears the most expensive shoes, or clothing, or drives a car that's worth half a million rand, or a million rand, that does not disqualify from being a humble person. So that we, we should not be mistaken and think that because a person has a big business, a person has a big house, or he wears the best of clothing, that is a favor from Allah. We are encouraged when Allah gives us a favor to wear that favor. You know, if you can afford to buy something decent and something expensive, Allah loves that because Allah has given you that. We as Muslims should say, MashaAllah, that is our duty. Indeed. Not judge and say, I say I'm bully. But when you see a person driving an old you know, Toyota, you know, the, the wheels are coming off, and we automatically assume that that person is humble. But that is the, the misconception that we have. Humility lies anti Aisha and respected listeners in the heart. And only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows what, are, what is in the heart. Of the person Allah says, Wallahu ya'lamu fi qulubikum. Allah alone knows what is in the heart. So this is why Rasulullah has defied pride. So by defining pride, we will understand what humility is. Rasulullah says that pride, arrogance is batarul haq wa ghamtun nas. Is to reject the truth. If we say Allah says in the Quran, Rasulullah and we reject that, which is right, a person, we are wrong, we are clearly in, in error, we have erred, we are in error, we made a mistake and we do not want to admit that. Our wife is right, our children is right and we reject that which is right, we reject the truth. That is arrogance, that is a sign of a person being humble. And he looks down on people. You must also always remember that a person might say good things to you, but it is the heart that is the qibla of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah does not look at our actions. Allah looks at our, our appearances. Allah looks at our heart. So a person, you know, he might be smiling with you and laughing, but in his heart he feels, I am better than you. You know, th th that is ultimately where humble resides. Humbleness or humility resides in the heart. And no one can see this. So as I've said, let us not go for the outer appearance. When a, a person has been blessed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then we automatically associate him with not being humble. Or he wants to brag. Or he wants to flash. With, no. And we automatically think a person is humble because he is wearing his top or he's wearing a, a dirty top. Whatever the case might be. But humility is in the heart. And none can be more humble than Rasulullah And I'd like us to spend these, the whole, you know, these beautiful minutes and moments that we have to look at the life of Rasulullah Look at his humility. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says firstly, Inna khalaqanakum min wa We have created you from males and females. 
وقبائل وجعلناكم شعوبا وقبائل and we've made you nations and tribes لتعارفوا so that we may recognize one another you know I've, I've mentioned already that I would not like to see another person like me I can't stand myself so Allah has made us different you know you must understand that this person is different to me and this is all part of humility that you humble yourself your manners your ways to adapt to this person and this is how we as Muslims should be and this is the beauty of Islam the diversity that we have no two people are going to think alike you know even the twins that we have the twins thumbprints are not the same you know I know twins that they are completely different to one another they look alike yes. but the minds are different so when we start to recognize this verse that why are we different that this person we will have khilaf, there will be differences. Allah says in the Quran, if Allah willed it, everyone would have been the same. But we will continue to differ with one another. So humbling yourself, your principles, your ways to adapt a person is a sign of humility. Now we have this thing, no, but accept. No, we shouldn't have this attitude. Try and meet a person, person halfway. So no one can be more humble than the Prophet. And Allah goes further and says in this verse, in akramakum. That indeed the best of you are those who have the most, most taqwa and humility. You know, the Prophet teaches in a hadith, beautiful, it says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed to me, has caused revelation to come down to me, that we should be humble and humility amongst one another. And Allah, the hadith says, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will raise a person in status when he shows humility. Now many a time we want to raise ourselves. We want to speak good about ourselves. When Allah says in the Quran, Fala anfusakum. Do not praise yourself. Do not purify yourself. Do not speak too too much good about yourself. yourself. And this is the thing that we have, you know, people have mashallah No, that's between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. People will tell you I get a so by the way. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he slips it in there. Yes. You know, a humble person, this is between me and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah says, do not praise yourself. You know, when he introduces himself, I am Sheikh Mawlana, Hazrat Hafiz, Quran, this, that, and the other. You know, if a person asks you your name, give him your name. What's your name? My name is Anwar. And I, and I, and but sometimes we introduce ourselves as what? I'm Sheikh, so and so. And no, this is all little things that, you know, that will help us to, to achieve that, that humbleness and humility amongst mankind. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will raise a person when he shows humility towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala let us not raise ourselves let us cause Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to raise and elevate our status because who better to raise our status than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um, this, this brings me back to um, you know when the first revelation um, by Jibreel came to the Prophet um, you know we were looking at um, how the explanation was of the fear and how humble he was how he ran to his wife Khadija you know um, and spoke to her about it. I didn't raise his status where he, he said, "I, uh, you know, this is what happened to mm. me." And and, and still, um, he needed to be that humble. He knew that he was recognized by the Quraysh as Al Amin. He already got the status from them, and he he needed to explain to them in a very beautiful way that this revelation had come to him. Subhanallah, you know, look at the Prophet and who comforts him. She tells him the good things about himself. Let us let other people speak good about us. Let us not be the ones to promote ourselves. Let Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promote us. Let other people promote us. It is saying that a person says, you know, because by a humble means. He's definitely not a humble person. (laughs) Imagine a person comes and says, No, I'm like, it's by a humble. You know, you already know. How do you praise yourself? 
you know, humility is a quality that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves. And here you go and you praise yourself. That's already a sign that the person might not have that, that humility in him because he's praising himself. And the hadith goes further and says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed that no one should be above the other. And this is sometimes we have this rivalry amongst one another. That we're always in competition with one another. If he says, I've done so and so, we will say, yeah, but I've done so and so. But you know what? We do this also on a nice way. We don't come out, you know, make it a clear. All we'll bold. S- yeah, all bold. We'll slip it in. The person says, MashaAllah, I've gone for Umrah. You know, things like that. You, it is, you know, hurting your brother's feelings. There's a person who's sitting in the company who's yearning to go for Umrah. You understand. And so now he says, you know, Alhamdulillah, I, I, I've experienced Makkah to be so and so. And he'll say, you know what, um, is, it, is, it, is that still there? Is, is that still there? You know, alluding that I've also been there. It's not your time, you know, especially when the Hujjaj are coming back now. And this is just to go as a side point. You go visit the Hujjaj. Let us hear their story, inshallah. Ta'ala. When they come back, I, mean, I, I didn't come to hear that Buddha and that sister's story in Makkah. You want to add Alhamdulillah. But it's his time to shine. Humility. That you, Although you are sitting there, your humbleness, your humility will show you, know what? I've been there, Alhamdulillah, between me and Allah. But I'm let my brother or my sister speak about his or her experience. But many times we find him sitting at these companies, everyone interjects with the poor Haji. The Haji had just got back and not even say a word. And then we interject. So let us go, inshallah, to another beautiful custom and culture that I love that we have. Beautiful in Cape Town. That we sit and we, 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 we greet the Hujjaj. May Allah grant him Haj Makbul and Maburu and tell them safe, inshallah. You know, Ameen. keep all sicknesses away from them. So the old simple thing of humble, you know, when a person comes in, that, that the Prophet ﷺ never used to, to, to like the Sahaba to get up for him. You know, sometimes we're a person of status, we're, uh, just to, to an example, we're a sheikh, we're a doctor, we're a lawyer, or a maulana, and now we come in, we expect people to, to, to jump up. The Prophet, this is not his way. He would slip in gently, and he'd, he'd find a seat somewhere, and he'll sit down. But sometimes we come in, and we want people to look towards us as a nasty person, and... Subhanallah, we need to check ourselves all the time To mm. check our humility levels To check our state with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala That we do not want to outshine one another That you know, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam be so humble That if he used to stand among his companions You don't even know he was the Prophet of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala The humility of Rasulullah Another hadith says that Anas said that he used to He passed by a, a group of boys a group of, a group of boys, youngsters And he greeted them And he said that the Prophet sallallahu yes. alayhi used to greet the boys. Look at the humility. The Prophet of Allah would go to the children and greet them. Here's an opportunity for us simple. Start greeting children. Assalamu alaikum my boy. Assalamu alaikum my girl. This all works towards our humility and humbleness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But we have this notion that ikasi ukhrut means, yes, yes you are the, the older, but there is absolutely nothing. This is between you and Allah. You are on a journey of trying to Become a better person. So start greeting the youngsters. Let us have attitude in our hearts that they must greet us. Yes, it is the duty the hadith says that the small, the young should greet the old. But here the Prophet also told that it's absolutely nothing wrong. And this is for your personal benefit and gain and rewards from Allah. That you greet the youngsters. And remember one thing when you're the youngsters. You know, Aisha, I can ask you now. Mention to me a person... Uh, male or female, an elderly person that you still remember today when you were small? Subhanallah. Can you think of a people? Yes, of course. Would you not like to be that person? Subhanallah. That, 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 when you, I mean, there's people I can remember that yes. this Buddha and this did, you know, whenever he always had sweets, or he always used to greet, he always make, make a joke with me. 
Why would you deprive yourself from such a beautiful dua? How many that years later? To be remembered, subhanAllah. How many years later you still remember that auntie? You many, many years. So why? It's a benefit for you. Greet the youngsters. And we're always complaining about the youth. They stand up, it's because we don't stretch our hands out to them. When they stand on that corner, let us be bold enough. Don't judge. Go up. Assalamu alaikum, boys. What are you guys doing? What, what's your name? What is your name? You do not have to reprimand them. And that alone would put a thought and love in their mind. You know, they'll always remember, I was standing one day, I was doing whatever I was doing. But this Buddha just came up to me and greeted me and that alone was a shock of my life. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. So, the Prophet ﷺ, that is one of the signs of his humility. How he used to be humble towards creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As I've said, if you are, if you are humble with the creation, Allah raises your status. Subhanallah. Sheikh, on that note, and to our listeners, we go for us. We will be back with our Nasiha program, and that is with Sheikh Anwar Adamson. Stay tuned. <laughs> Friday Nasikha on The Voice of the Cape. Assalamu alaikum and indeed a warm welcome to our Friday Nasiha program at Mubarak. If you have just tuned in, we're focusing on humbleness, humility. And Sheikh um, Anwar Adamson is explaining so beautifully what humility is towards Allah and also to mankind and how interlinked it all becomes, subhanAllah. Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah. Now before the break, we spoke about Anas radiallahu anhu. Give us an example where he greets the, the youngsters. And, and, and we always, the youth, we're always complaining that the youth is a problem. Have we ever gone and stretched our hands? We always expect, you know, remember one thing about youth. It's a crazy time in their life. They need guidance. If we are not going to stretch forth our hands towards our youth, brothers and sisters, whoever are listening, take note. They are not coming to come to us. They are going to go to different places. They are going to go to Google. They are going to look at the West. They are going to look at your TV shows and your program. And they are going to find guidance there. So it is time that we, the t- t- tables have turned. That we as the old generation to preserve the beauty in this ummah. And love amongst one another. To show them, take them by the hand and guide them. Prophet was a beautiful example. Look at them. Look at that. Ya Allah. The humbleness of Rasulullah the humility. Right. He sends Anas radiallahu an, an, to buy to, 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 on, a, on, a, on a mission, on a, on, on, to buy something, or to get something for, for him on an errand. So he sends Anas on an errand. And Anas is a young boy. Subhanallah. You know, amongst, uh, along the way, he finds little youngsters playing, and he starts playing with him. And Rasulullah starts to think, Where is Anas? He's been gone long. So he comes and he starts looking for and he finds Anas playing. playing. The Prophet did not reprimand him. He says, oh, he said, I saw the Prophet and immediately I ran. The Prophet has mm-hmm. never had a bad word to say to me. Anas radiallahu and his mother brings him to Rasulullah. May Allah subhanahu wa grant us to be resurrected with Rasulullah. Really, you know, if you read the seer and the history of the Prophet, a complete human being. Akmalul Khalq, the most complete of Allah's creation. His life, you know, we think certain things about ourselves, but if you look at the Prophet's life, it's subhanallah, where am I? Where, where are we? So he says that my, his mother brings him to Rasulullah as a boy of 10 years old. And he says, and she says to Ya oh, Messenger of Allah, this is Anas, my son is going to be a servant to you, he's going to see to your needs, whatever you need to be done. And Anas said, For 10 long years, I've served the Prophet mm-hmm. for 10 years, and he's never ever told me a word of disgust. He's never said, oh Anas, why did you do such and such a thing? Or Anas, why did you not do such and such a thing? Look at the humility of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And Allah, that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, show humility 
to a boy of 10 years old which is supposed to be his servant to be in his service yes. and subhanallah Anas has learned so much of the character of Rasulullah the hadith says that the Prophet's nature was easy you know sometimes I think we should make a point to read about the Prophet's social life you know we know the Prophet was the best of worshippers he would stand at night and his feet would swell up and Aisha would say Ya Rasulullah why do you stand like this Allah has forgiven all your sin what was his humble response should he not be grateful subhanallah I mean Allahu Akbar. Allah forgive all my sins and stop making salah altogether. And yeah, Rasulullah, what is the response? Not because I love Allah, not because I'm a pious person. He said, Should I not show my gratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And the nature of Rasulullah socially was an easy person. That a slave girl, the hadith says comes in Bukhari. She said, A slave girl who take the hand, a slave girl. You know, under the youngsters. Yes. No, not yet mukallaf. Slave girls of Medina who take the Prophet by the hand and drag him to do all the things that she needed to be done. <laughs> Subhanallah. Imagine that. That Rasulullah was so humble, he would not say, Girl, I have, I have to, Wahi's coming down, I'm expecting Jibreel to come. You know, I'm expecting the Sahaba, I have this and this, I have too much things to do. A slave girl that's not barely who would take the Prophet by the hand. Imagine you and I had that access to the Nabi. You know, now we find, you know, the kings and the presidents. It's a long story to get to them. But the messenger of Allah, you know, the Sayyidul Khalq, the best of creation, a slave will have access to him. And he'd not even complain that I'm busy. He take our little daughters, our kids. Subhanallah. When they drag us, you know, they are daddy, mommy, they drag us. They just try and show that humility towards them. There's a simple way to start in the house with humility. When they drag us to come sit with them, build a puzzle, or eat with them, or just see what they are busy doing. That's all things that will cause our humility levels to, to increase. And more humbleness and more humility will come into our lives. So this is the, the, the nature of Rasulullah Look at his eating habits, Rasulullah The hadith says, when the Prophet would eat, he would lick his fingers after he's eaten. Subhanallah, look at the humility, you know, utmost gratitude and humility towards Allah. And if a morsel would fall, it, it is encouraged for us, he says that you should pick it up, blow it Blood. off and eat it. I mean, if our food fall, what do we think? It's good for the cat now. It's good for the cat now. You know, subhanallah. Yes. And this is not the, the, the attitude of a Muslim, because many people were unwilling to pick up a fallen morsel because it's dirty. This is the, the, the way of the arrogant people, of those who are... You know, the Prophet ﷺ would appreciate that food, that morsel, and he would eat it, subhanallah. He would lick his fingers off his eaten, and he would say, alhamdulillah. You know, another hadith with regards to the humility of Rasulullah ﷺ says that, مَا عَبَ النَّبِيُّ طَعَمًا That the Prophet ﷺ has never ever found fault with food. Never criticized food, not once in his life. إِنْ أَكَلَهُ If he liked the food, he would eat it. وَإِلَّا تَرَكَ if you didn't like it, you just leave it. But subhanAllah, another social um, benefit for us, that when we f when people put food out for us, and you don't like the food, don't complain about the food. Don't say, no, it's too salty, too cold. And this is a sad thing. Allah subhanahu protect us. And for those who are listening, we love attending weddings. So what happens at the wedding? People, imagine this, Auntie Aisha and listeners. The people invite you from the goodness of their heart. Indeed. You come to the wedding, and you criticize their food. No, the acne was too salty. It's, 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 it's the most saddest thing to sit at the table and people are complaining about the food that risk from Allah. You mm -hmm. know, if you didn't want to be there, then 
at least keep quiet about the food or, or the chicken was cold or it was subhanallah this and, is and then, you know oh Shaf, just, just looking at the beauty of that invitation alone having been extend, extended to you it could have been extended to somebody else as exactly well exactly to a person who have appreciated it yes. so when we go to a wedding the, one of the rights that the another Muslim have over us is that when he invites us to a wedding we should attend it if we can do so we should attend now we attend and we criticize the food this is not part of humility this is humbleness is we eat or we leave it Prophet teaches us that you know if I was invited for a meal consisting of sheep's foot what sheep's foot is what trotters trotters not many people are a fan of porches but to that level where the Prophet said if someone had to invite me for a meal that consists of the shoulder even the, sh- the shoulder or the sheep's foot I would accept it subhanallah now we are very picky where we want to go, whose, whose invitation we want to accept. You know, a person who's less fortunate than us gives us the invitation. We think twice. We think, you know what, do I want to go to this wedding or not? A person invites you, must go. Yes. But when a person is a little bit more affluent, invites us, we automatically assume, I'm going to go because it's going to be nice food. But the Prophet would accept any invitation, even as once insignificant because you know, delicacy, you know, poetry has become a delicacy, you know, alhamdulillah, apparently become a delicacy, you know, Ali Afal Avad, no delicacy, <laughs> you know. So, even to that time, it, it was like the, the not the not to degrade the food, but the lowest it was a staple food for most of our families, you know. And, and, and today, look at the Prophet, except you know, people, you know, we should come to that stage where people are comfortable to invite us, you shouldn't feel. Will Auntie Aisha accept my invite because I know Auntie Aisha, this is using Auntie Aisha yes. an example, I'm not saying Auntie Aisha is like this or anybody. And will she accept because she's not this personality or whatever the case might be? You don't know. They must know and you must know, you know I accept, make it public, not I accept anyone's invitation. Subhanallah. And these are how we should live our lives, that always bring that joy to one another. Don't have that self-conceitment. Always be humble, humility. And as I've said in the very beginning, that humility lies in the heart. Humility lies in the heart, and the limbs, the action, will only be the fruits of that humility that's already in the heart. Indeed. You know, just the thought that comes to mind now, Sheikh, and when you speak about extending an invitation, so what do I do if a non-Muslim person extends an invitation? Yes. And I think most people would want to know what happens then yeah, as she's well. She's putting me on the spot now. <laughs> but shall we turn on? So we see what is the invite all about. Indeed. If it's not going to be that which is unlawful and that's going to be to the disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and there is a possibility by us going, there will be benefit to that and permissible to go. Look at the Prophet ﷺ, the Jewish boy that became ill. The Prophet ﷺ visited him, a Jewish boy, and they said this boy used to harm the Prophet ﷺ, used to put thorns in the way of the Prophet ﷺ, used to cause dirt in front of the house of the Prophet ﷺ, Jewish boy. So what did the Prophet ﷺ do? He visited that Jewish boy in his illness, and guess what? That boy embraced Islam. His father, he couldn't believe that this person that I'm harming all the time, and how are we going to get our da'wah, our propagation, the beauty of Islam over if we are going to always separate ourselves from those who are not Muslim? Like I've mentioned, a non-Muslim invites us. If a person invites us to whatever function, there's not haram happening at the function. For example, yeah, what can what can example be? His mother has passed away. You show your respects. Yes, you indeed. go. You know, so it is all forms of da'wah, humility, and you know, showing this person this is what Islam is all about. Because at the, we, it is our ob- obligation towards the non-Muslims to give them the message. And we can also give the message in a simple way, 
by going, but also knowing what is right and what is wrong. So to answer the question, we look, if the person, a non-Muslim invites us, we look at what we are being invited to, or if the disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will take place. Uh, a wedding ceremony. I've been asked this a lot. A non-Muslim gets married. Should you go? Yes, five minutes you go. You show your face. You've been there. I've honored the invitation. It's not wajib. Think about that. If there is benefit, especially when it's a neighbor, yes. a close neighbor, they don't understand. Remember one thing, people don't think the same. They don't understand our religion. So now we go and we explain to them how it works. Uh -huh. But that might be the first step towards them opening dialogue and asking you, you know, Aisha, you know, with him, and you start speaking about what's Indeed. So it's, it's an avenue to open it's up. It's an avenue to open up. SubhanAllah. And I think, you know, um, da'wah is incumbent upon all of us you know, to, to, to be a da'i, to, to spread the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even in our businesses, how did many of the, the countries embrace Islam? The way the companions used to, used to do their trading, they would embrace Islam, no cheating, no treachery, no, uh, uh, you know, that's how the, the Islam, they didn't even speak about Islam, it's just the, the, the business dealings of Islam, they embraced Islam. So subhanAllah, if you're a businessman, beautiful, honest dealings, you'll have people wanting to know why is this person the way he is. SubhanAllah, and a person with humility obviously have a great character as well, inshallah. So that shows by itself without uttering any words. Sheikh, I think we just have a minute left or so, so <laughs> indeed. So in, in conclusion, you know, we'd love to have some wise words, even more wise words from yourself, inshallah, that can benefit all of us. Inshallah, I'll try my best in the minute to, to wrap up. Yeah. Brothers and sisters, it does inshallah ta'ala show humility towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If there are any issues amongst ourselves, it has sorted out. Let us sort out before the day we we will come in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and remember one thing, that whatever we have done in this world, it will we will be answerable for that on the day of Qiyamah. It is not worth it for us to fight amongst one another. It's not worth it for us to be grudges, to be jealous and have animosity. Because at the end of the day, we will need one another. At some point we will need one another and we will leave this world. And in conclusion, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala again, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant Sheikh Ihsan a high place in Jannah. Amen. Put sabr in the hearts of his family. And as I've mentioned, that this that this passing of Sheikh Ihsan be a lesson to us to Amen. change our lives, inshaAllah ta'ala. Jazakumullah khairan wa akhru da'wana alhamdulillah rabbil alameen.